Welcome back to this episode of the Art of Learning podcast. And today we're talking about why you need to die to yourself. Stay tuned. Okay, so before I get started, I just want to say thank you all for tuning in this week. If you have not already, for just the price of a cup of coffee a month, hit the support link in the show notes below. It really do a lot to help support me in the podcast. So if you have not already, make sure you go do that. If not, that's cool too. Also, if you get anything out of this episode or any past episode, make sure you say so and leave a review in Apple Podcasts. It really means the world to me, whether you, know, you got a lot out of it and you want to give it five stars or you thought it was garbage and want to give it one star. All feedback is good feedback, so do that after this episode. Now, today, I'm talking about the concept of dying to yourself. Um, this is an idea that I've thought about a lot. And it's the way I phrased it in the episode, you need to die to yourself. It's uh, kind of biblical in the Christian sense, because in the Christian Bible or in the Bible, it, um, I don't, it's something along the lines of like, die to yourself and follow me or something like that. Or like die to yourself and pick up your cross and follow me or something. Um, Basically, it's the concept of dying to yourself. And I'm going to talk about this idea today because it is one of, in my opinion, the most profoundly important ideas. And it's a universal idea throughout different beliefs and religions and philosophies and um, ideologies and all this. And so I think it's really important because it's not just in one spot. It pops up all over the world all over time, and I've thought about it, and I think it's extraordinarily important, and so I'm going to talk about that today. Now, some of this ties back into some of the stuff I said last week, so if you didn't listen to last week's episode on radical honesty, you need to go do that, or you don't need to, but you should. So, dying to yourself, kind of what does this mean? To me, I think it means, part of it means you have to be radically, you have to be radically honest to yourself. And realize who and what you really are. And that's where a lot of the stuff from last week comes in about radical honesty. I talked about it for... I talked really in depth on the idea of radical honesty last week. So make sure you go do that. Um, But basically you have to be honest with yourself. You have to give up who you are for the person that you can be. You have to give up who you are so that you can be who you could be. Because if you're unhappy... We have mental illness or things in life or things in life are like super rough right now and you're miserable. It means that you aren't good enough. And that sounds really, really harsh, but it's actually a really, really positive thing because it means that due to your inadequacy, you can transform into something better and you can become better and more competent and more able and you can become happier and you can become more so what's the barrier to becoming or enlightenment or happiness or whatever it is meaning or there's a hundred different words for it but like the becoming who you can be becoming everything you're capable of and all of the goodness and all of the love that you can possibly bestow into the world well you have to die to yourself you have to give up who you are right now. I mean, if, sit down on your bed after this and like 
Write down five stupid things you do every day that you know you shouldn't. So maybe that's you eat a pint of ice cream every night or you, you know, fight with your spouse or you argue with your kid or something like that. Give like five little things that don't represent who you can be. Five little dragons of chaos in your life and acknowledge those and give up who you are so that you can handle those. Because who you are now is someone who exists, who can coexist with that. And when you become who you can be, you have to battle those things. You have to give up everything unworthy of divinity and goodness. This is an idea that I don't, I haven't fully, I don't know, I probably shouldn't talk about it too much, but I haven't been able to fully kind of contemplate and think about it enough, and there's still probably another long time till I have a full idea on this, if ever, but... idea of dying to yourself is something also present in baptism. Like, you come up and you, and you re-emerge born new. And when Christ did that, he died to himself. He gave up who he was so he could become who he could be. And just something I've thought about is, like, what if... It sounds anti-religious, and I guess it is, because in the Christian faith, they're like, Jesus is the Son of God. But what if... He was someone who was be able to become all of what he could be. Because even if you look at it allegorically and metaphorically, it's like Jesus is basically the epitome of what you can accomplish as far as how you interact with the world as a human being in all of your proper integration. And that's a huge thing. He gave up who he was so that he could become all that he could be. So maybe that's the secret is like you have to die to everything unworthy of who you can be, all of your inadequacies. Like, one of the best analogies I heard for this is dead wood. So, forests build up um, dead wood, and you have to burn those things away. You have to burn away everything that isn't truly, authentically your being. And that's hard to do. Because you have to burn away things you might associate yourself with, or part of your identity with, or part of who you are with, and that is a... It's, it can be brutal to do that. Because when you realize how much dead wood you have, I, I mean, I know when I first did this, I was like, man, I'm like 95% dead wood. And when I burned that away, it was terrifying and it was painful. And honestly, I, pull, I still definitely have some. Don't get me wrong. It's like, when you burn away 90% of what your identity always has been, it's like, it's terrifying. And it's horrible because then, I mean, you have like 5 or 10% or however much left. And that's a really solid little part. But it's like, well, what about this other part of it? It's like, kind of knocks you down a step but it's important because you know becoming i mean there's the imagery of like the phoenix right you have to burn away so that you can be born you have to die so that you can then live 
you die to yourself. It's not some pleasant, like, blooming process. It's fiery and it's destructive of all that isn't you. And that's what I think is... I'm not a clinician, and this is more intuitive and from, like, half of my experience. But it's, like, I think one of the causes of clinical depression could be not not becoming all that you can be. Because we all know that you can be more. Because if you're in a bad spot mentally or interpersonally or you feel... If you hate who you are or where you are in life, that means your current mode of existence isn't good enough. And when you get stuck on the fact that you're not good enough, that spirals into a very dark place of mental thought. It's hugely degrading and hugely, it's not technically wrong, but it ignores the human capability of transformation into something better as maybe painful as that is. And that's why, you know, until the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of change, nothing will change. That's something that um, I read when I was looking into ideas behind addiction stuff. It was like, until things are so bad, with until you're so completely inadequate and so fed up with everything in your life, well, there's a few things that you can do then. You can transform into something better and more capable. You can go through that painful process. You can get your life together. And that's the best thing you can do. It's an honorable and noble thing to do. Or you can get stuck in that loop and you can fall into depression. You can kill yourself. Or you can say, well, man, if I'm this inadequate in life or I'm this bad... And all these people treat me so horribly, then they're probably bad too. They're evil. And so maybe the best thing to do is just eliminate all of that existence and all of that being. And you become, first you become resentful, then you become vengeance, then you become angry, and then it spirals out into this horrible thing. It's a terrifying thing. And that's rough because it's like, it might not even be like you kill someone. It's just like, I don't know. I've definitely hurt people because I've been so caught up in my own inadequacy that it's kind of the idea of Cain and Abel. Like, I I burned my idol. Jordan Peterson's a lot of cool stuff on the Cain and Abel story, and it's like, I've noticed that when I see someone who either has wronged me, and I feel horrible, or I see someone who's living better than me, and I feel horrible, it's like, I'd love to just take them out so that they suffer as much as I do. And that's the wor- one of the, if not the worst things you can do. Because pride is one of the seven deadly sins. And what keeps you from dying to yourself is the pride in who you are. And that's why you need to avoid pride. Because it, if you're proud of who you are, then you will never transform. And you will never be able to become all that you could be because of pride your pride in who you are. And that's why it's one of the deadly sins. And man, it is one that a lot of people find it really easy to fall into. Because, I mean, it feels good 
and it feeds the ego, which is definitely a big part of your conscious mind. And, you know, in the title, this says says um, a too big challenge, and this is the challenge. I want you to monitor everything that you say and that you think. Like, separate yourself from your thoughts and the data you're receiving from the universe and the world and the thoughts you have and take your true self and view that as if you're somebody else. So view the thoughts and the words you say fragmented away from them and think about what they mean of themselves of like, is that truly me? Is that congruent with the truth deep in me? Do I feel wrong or unsure when I say this? Do I feel incorrect or false? And that's the thing is a lot of people like they know when they're lying intentionally, but when you were raised to believe in something or represent something or that you are something and you were told like you're this, so it means you say things like this and you have to believe in this or else something else is going to come and get you. It's like if you don't pick your own idol and you don't understand what you truly think and you aren't honest with yourself about what your truth is and you don't have the courage to speak it, you're going to speak something that isn't your truth. And you're going to interact with the world in a way that isn't you. And that's the idea that Ha, ah, I can't remember who said this either. They said, um, ideas have people. People don't have ideas. Because people want a sense of belonging. It's a lot easier to be like, I will sign a piece of paper saying I believe in this because it's easier than creating my own original thought and being vulnerable enough to speak it. And if you feel yourself the next two weeks you're monitoring all the things you're thinking and saying, and you say something, and you're like, that's not right. Do one of two things. Acknowledge it and move on. Talk about it. And I mean, if you're like having a deeper conversation with someone, you say something, you're like, wait, that's not what I believe of myself on my own in my heart of hearts. Then either stop talking or try to figure out what it is that you really do truly believe. If you don't know what you truly believe, you might just find it easier not to either speak or not to speak forcefully against someone else. Because that's the importance of the freedom of speech. And one thing I find atrocious in the fact that there's people who will shout down speakers and will ignore their viewpoints or belittle other people's thoughts and ideas is because... Nobody in the entire world is 100% correct because you can't experience to know everything. And that comes from like statistical analysis of how people vote, which is more personality-based than you'd like to think. And how your personality filters what facts you either find or find important. And then that shapes. like You like to think that you see all the facts and then you choose objectively, but you don't. Um, 
And that's an important thing. So it's like, if you cannot civilly speak about ideas and you can't evolve them with other people and you can't build on them and you can't freely talk about radical and abstract ideas and thoughts and beliefs and feelings and all of these crazy, intricate, beautiful things that happen in our minds. You can't put those out in the world and have other people critique and help you evolve them into something right and more accurate. We will never find the truth in anything in the entire world in all of human existence. So you need to die to yourself enough to figure out what the truth in you is and then be brave enough to put it out there and talk about it and try to evolve it. You need to detach yourself from what you say and think, and it's hard. So you can find out that you're 95% just dead wood, and then when you burn that, it's like, one, you might just not talk as much for a little while. And if you're someone like me who's very, very talkative and social, people can be like, hey, man, what's up? And it's just like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's part of a journey towards truth is realizing how much of you may not be that and you need to die to that part of yourself. You need to be willing to burn the dead wood and you need to be willing to have this Phoenix transformation to everything that you could be. You know, let go of everything that isn't you and become everything you possibly can be. It's like I was talking about a, long, a few weeks ago where I was like, pick an ideal and write it down and shoot for that every single day and try to align yourself the best with those ideals and change them as you realize where maybe you're lacking and evolve those ideas of the greatest conceptualization of good that you can manage. And when you choose that ideal, it is not only an ideal, it is also your judge because every time you don't reach it, you know it and you can be like, I'm not as good as I could be, but you have to be careful. You have to love yourself enough to be like, treat, that's another thing Jordan Peterson said, where it's like, treat yourself like someone you're in charge of helping. You have to love yourself. And that doesn't mean, oh, you're great. You're amazing. I love you. It means like, I don't hate you. You're inadequate. You can be a lot better. And that's the good thing is that you can be a lot better. You do have the ability to transform into something great. And that's when you really love someone. It's like you want to foster them into this, the best version of them. You can see the potential in them. And you need to see the potential in yourself to be the best that you absolutely can be. You need to see your own potential for the greatest good. And you need to strive for that with everything you have left. Because if you don't spend your life doing that, you are going to leave the world a worse place than when you got into it. And you're going to make everything infinitely worse because if you're not striving for the greatest good, you're not doing anything worthwhile. It's very evident in the last century that humans can make things in the world extraordinarily close to hell. And if we can do that, then we can make things extraordinarily close to heaven too. At least the ideas of both. It's like, if you read stories about some of the horrible things humans have done, whether or not it's some of the stuff you just learned about in school, whether or not you decide to take it upon yourself to try to learn more about history, it's like, I don't know. You realize how horrible people can make things. But if you can choose to make things horrible, then I believe that that means you can also choose to make things great. Think about the fact that if you can be so horrible, you can also be so good. You know, 
was Alan Watts used the analogy of a wave. It's like if we have a trough, if we have this deep, dark capability, that means also we have really high crest. It means that you need to die to yourself so you can let go of everything that is not you and is not worthy of everything you're trying to become and so that you can create this space for transformation because if you that's one thing I learned is that you need to create the space for you to become who you are and things will come as they come. It's not something you'll get right the first time or be able to conscious. You can't do it a hundred percent consciously. You, you need to make a conscious effort, but you need to make the space to let your soul or the universe or the Holy spirit of God or whatever it is you believe in. It makes space for transformation, and I guarantee you, you will transform into something better. And that has a lot to do with a lot of the things I talk about and other people talk about, and a lot to do with having a virtuous and ethical and good ideal. And to let go of the pride you have in yourself, and to die to everything that isn't you and isn't right and isn't worthy of everything you can become, and to bring that all away and to become everything you truly can be. And it sounds like a hard choice, but it's a choice rooted in truth. It's rooted in the truth of the fact that as human beings, we are all inadequate and naive. Honestly, I think in the last two generations, maybe more than ever. It's the truth that we aren't all that we can be. And that if you don't even try to become all that you can be, you're making things worse. So try to be everything that you can be, and that's a choice rooted in seeking out of the truth and in love. It's a choice to die to yourself so that you can not only love yourself more, but so that you can be more loving with the world. And again, it's not like everything's rainbows and sunshine, love. It's like almost... There's a lot of tough love that's necessary. And you need to be able to reach yourself in love and honesty and, and becoming everything you can be. And it's a decision based on love and honesty and the combination of those two things. Whatever ch- choice you make, trust that that's going to be the best outcome. And so this week, sit down. And just think about everything that you can conceptualize you becoming. Think about the highest good you think you can achieve. The highest... Think about the highest virtue and moral you can possibly imagine yourself living up to. And strive for that. And for the next two weeks, here's the challenge. Detach yourself from what you say and what you think and observe it. And realize what is and is not the truth as you see and experience it. And take note of it. And make adjustments where needed. So yeah. Anyway, I love you guys all a lot. Thank you guys so much for listening. And remember to let go of what isn't you so that you can finally become everything you can be. And that is the best thing you can do, not only for yourself, but for your families, 
and for your communities and for the world around you. Because if you all become everything that we can be, and we all have the honesty and the courage and the responsibility to do that, I don't think there's any glass ceiling on human capability for creating a peaceful, loving, and kind world. And so with that, have an amazing rest of your week. You guys are all amazing people. Remember, if you haven't already, hit the sponsor link in the show notes below. Leave a review, yada, yada, yada. You know the drill. With that, I hope you enjoy your morning coffee if you listen to this in the morning. Or you're just enjoying whatever you're doing.